Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 113. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to share an interview with Principal Mike Crace, talking about building positive school communities. Mike Crace is the principal of East Central High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's been principal at East Central for five years, and before that was an assistant principal and interim principal at Webster for four years. Mike has been a classroom teacher and a coach. He is in his 26th year of education experience with 12 years in school administrative leadership. He is leading a turnaround high school in East Tulsa that I'm so excited to share with you about today. But with that introduction, I want to give Mike an opportunity to fill in the gaps and welcome to Principal Matters. Thank you, Will. I appreciate you having me on your show. I just feel like at this time, uh, the great things that have gone on over here has definitely been a team-orientated project. And again, it's a we thing. I think you have a shared leadership mindset. I have had the privilege of sharing some of Mike's story by spending some time in his school and watching him with teachers, with fellow admins, with students, and Mike practices what he preaches. And so, Mike, for Principal Matters listeners, share a little bit about the East Central story. You came here five years ago. What kind of school did you walk into? And tell us that story of of transformation and how this has become a place of positive school community, which is what I've seen in the time that I've been in your school. Share that story. Sure, Will. I think to start out, I would just say when you come into a new environment in which you're not familiar or had not associated with previously, I knew very little, even though I was in Tulsa public school system, I knew very little about East Central other than the perception that I had and most people around had that that uh, it may not be the nicest of places. And, and I found out that that's, that was pretty accurate. But the, what was not talked about were all the good people that were here that were kind of mired in a, a situation that uh, they felt helpless in. And I'm speaking about the teachers, the office staff, the custodial staff, the cafeteria ladies. They loved these kids. They really did, but they, they did not have the ability uh, and, and structure laid out for them to show and help these kids move forward and, and, and the supports that they truly needed. So that was the first aspect and priority that I laid out was how we were going to speak and, and treat the children that, that came through our doors. Uh, no more raising our voice, showing nonverbal aggression with body language. It's all positive. You get a directive and you redirect, and the teachers were able then to see we would support them, meaning administration would support them to teach and do what they have a passion to truly do, and that's help young people. And to have uh, create a great learning environment and then be able, I think that's the key there, to be able to sustain that to maintain it through a class period. So each and every student in that classroom and classrooms throughout the building has the best opportunity to, to be successful. So that's, that's what we did. And that took a minute to change a mindset because that's what we're about here, not putting a Band-Aid on things, but, but changing the mindsets of the young, of the old, of people who have done things a certain way that might have been a little antiquated in regard to our certain population needs. And, and who those kids were 
and what they were coming from. And we needed to formulate strategies that met those specific needs, not what we wanted to do and had been doing for 15 years as teachers and so forth, but to actually specifically structure individual learning plans for every student that came in our building. So that started with degree plans for every senior, color-coded degree plans so they actually knew the classes that they needed. Well, we had my first year, and this is, this is the truth. I'm not exaggerating. We had, this was during an EOI timeframe for state assessment testing. We had 65 seniors that needed Algebra 1 as seniors to, to meet graduation requirements. So we specified an individual learning plan for each one of those kids. And 63 out of 65 passed their EOI test after failing so many times. And they came out of that testing center just yipping and yelling and with glee and happiness of, of accomplishing this. So that started the aspect of, of change and seeing that you can be successful. You have to do the work, but the structure and supports there for you to do that if that's what you want to grab and, and go with. A lot of these kids are great kids, but they need the legwork done for them to teach them how to learn. And that's what we've done. All of our systems, all of our protocols, procedures are to inform. Then we show them consistency, which then builds trust. So therefore, when they come in the building in the morning, they know that, that they can speak to the adults in a way in which they can maneuver through this challenge of getting through school in the least uh, combative, the least uh, speed bump type of, of day. They're not going to be jumped here. They're going to have a safe place to come into, but they are going to be held accountable for three areas in which we really focus on and growth. And we have high expectations in all three areas. And one is, of course, academic expectation. Number two is behavioral expectation. And number three is one that maybe some people miss in terms of priorities, but it's social expectations. How do I speak to someone to get my point across without getting so frustrated, I escalate a situation that maybe wasn't a big deal, but I don't know right now how to handle that situation. So we take a restorative approach and we, again, individualize every aspect of those three priority points for each individual child. Mike, one of the things that's been so encouraging to me is I have learned more about the work that you've done at East Central is the outcomes. And so as you've stepped in and created a comprehensive approach to the right structures, the right academic, behavioral, and social expectations for your kids, you've seen enormous results. And I want to make sure, I know you I know you don't like to brag on yourself, but I really want to make sure that your story is followed by some of the data. And so um, three things that I want you to, to share with me. Number one, discipline. Where have you seen the rate of suspensions go from the time that you came in five years ago to now? And, and then I've got two other areas, but talk about that one first. Suspensions. We had a very high suspension rate. And in our district, we had basically one outlet and in regard to an alternative school placement. And uh, it was Trace Academy. They have 120 or so slots. And that's to service nine high schools and nine middle schools. So I felt like we had to look from within to see what we could create here at our building with the objective of keeping the kids in, in school and partnering with the parents. So they did not, some who worked two jobs uh, to support their family, single parent homes and, and mother and father in a lot of our homes, but, but they all work. And so we had to look within to see what we could create. And what we came up with was our success center. And 
that success center services these these students that all would have qualified to be suspended previously, and now they're placed in our success center, partnering with the, the parents. So they make sure the child is here daily, but then there is a, an individual plan that's laid out for that child to be successful within that, within a rubric we created, and they have to complete at least 95% of that, that rubric to be considered or recommended for release from that program. And it has been greatly successful. We have reduced our suspension rate by 86% last year, which is phenomenal for an, a very much an inner city urban environment. So we're very proud of that. You know, we can't save every, every child, but we do attempt to, to go through a process of, you know, restoring their ability to believe that they can be successful, basically is what it is. And you've not only addressed the behavior by creating systems to support kids who get in trouble, but you've also raised the standards for academics. And and I'm just going to pick one area of your school as an example. Talk for a minute about the changes that you've seen in advanced placement offerings in your school over the last few years. When I first came in, there were seven offerings of AP courses here. And what they called AP courses, the rigor was not to the level of what I felt after evaluating that. Then again, I'm generalizing through those seven, but I didn't feel like they were true AP courses. Uh, and again, that's my opinion. I felt like it should be very rigorous and challenging. And so what we've done over the past five years from that point is look at, at certain aspects of data. And we drove kids into the AP program, the pathway we created. And uh, for the last two years, we've, we've had a total of 23 offerings of AP courses. We were, we're now looking at the data and who, what we targeted as one aspect of growing that, that program was our middle school, which is at a different location about a mile away from our, our main campus. So we targeted the top 20% of the top math kids in the middle school who were headed towards Booker T and Edison High School because East Central did not offer the higher level courses in math, especially. We now, in for the last two years, two and a half years, we've gotten four out of five of those top 20% kids from the middle school. And it's changed the dynamic of our ability, I guess, of our population to then be successful, not just have those courses, but to have kids now who, who might have said, well, I'm in AP but I'm really not going to go take that examination. I just don't feel, and then boom, they, they wouldn't take it uh, the first year and previous years. And now we have kids going over and not only taking it, scoring threes and fours, and we've had a couple of fives even uh, in calculus, differentiated equations, physics, and all of the different high-level courses in which we offer. And we've raised the rigor to make it to be a mindset, I can be successful. We'll have a young lady leave this year, and it isn't the first one, She'll have 33 college credits. She's getting credit right now and, and doing concurrent enrollment, which we also have here on our campus. So, yes, raising the bar and letting the kids know that we believe in them, that they can do it, but ultimately they have to do the work, the heavy lifting themselves. But we have a structure that will help them move forward if they're willing to move to that mindset. And the third data point that I just want to share is your graduation rate. That, that's the big one. That truly is the big one because those data points show all the foundational pieces, the, the different aspects of, of the, the social, the mental change that has come here with a great team effort. It's, it's not an I thing. It's always a we thing here with great adults helping guide these great kids. Uh, when I came in five years ago, it, it was around 50% graduation. 
success. And now we're at 80% with a growth in the last three years of 30% total over those three years. So we're very pleased about that. And not only that, we have we have six more percent or six additional percent of our kids are going and attempting college right now that maybe would not have done that previously. And again, we've added a manufacturing uh, partnership with Tulsa Tech. We have a manufacturing program here with 3D, 2D. They, they're building their own drones. They're doing a lot of engineering but we're very proud of what we've created here and what is continuing. One of the privileges of being in your school has been watching how you've interacted with your administrative team. And I think that's one of the things, Mike, that prompted me to want to capture our conversation, not just the joy of me getting to tour your school, but also you are a leader of leaders. What's a specific conversation that you have with the team member that you're bringing on and hiring that's essential for you to know that this is something I'm saying to this person who's getting ready to come on to my team. Uh, one of the things that the teachers were telling me when I was first talking with them about some of the, the things that they had concerns about as far as historical things were that, oh, the district just looks over us. They don't see us being able to be administrators or moving forward or, or advancement in, in terms of their profession. And so I said, okay, I hear you. I hear you. So what I started doing, and I think it is a principal's charge, one of, is started looking for those traits, leadership traits. And so now all but one of my assistant principals and deans, they've all been promoted from within our staff because they are willing to be led. And that's one of the things I asked them, are you willing to be led? And are you willing to be a continual learner, to be a, a shift in your own mindset to a big picture. And I said, as an administrator, we only look from one, one vantage point, and that's always the big picture. Is it good for the whole? Not is it good for me? Is it good for her? It is always, is it good for the whole? And to a person that, that I've approached, they've always said, yes, th that's what I want. I don't know how to get there yet, but I am willing to absorb everything that you're willing to to, to sit down and talk to me about or allow me to see you model. And so that's what we've done. And here in our building, we highlight our teachers. We, we really do not have any outside PD coming in. We use the superstars that we have here to highlight what's going on in the science department and, and so forth, English. But our own people get up and it brings a team atmosphere and mindset that one of our own is up there presenting and they're doing this, we're doing this. And so it is about a we, and it's about preaching every opportunity about team, but then you can't just preach it. You have to, to model it. You have to show evidence of it. And it's changed the whole dynamic of, of our staff here. If I might add this in our faculty meeting, I've asked them, I said, Hey, just a show of hands. Do you know anybody who's won the lottery? And I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm 57, and I don't know anyone that's, that's won the lottery. And no hands have gone up, not one. And I said, well, that being the case, why don't we just get in the same uh, mindset and say, hey, if I'm going to be in this profession and do this job and help these kids, why don't we create an environment that we truly like rolling out of bed in the morning and then pulling up in the parking lot that we enjoy coming into daily? and enjoying each other. As long as the work can be put in a priority fashion that we all have the same mindset working towards this as a team, why can't we enjoy each other? Why can't it be Mike that sees them in the hallway and not Principal Christ all the time? And, and why can't it be an understanding and a relationship that 
that, hey, if I do these things, this is how I'll be treated. I'll be treated with respect and I'll be valued. And that's what we all want in life in general. We want to be loved by the people that we want to be in love with, our family, and be. And then we want to be respected by our peers and, and the people that we're around, our friends and our coworkers. And we want that. Uh, really, we do. We don't always know how to reach out and, and create it or, or make it happen. But it is something deep down that we all know that, that we are moving towards or we wish we had. And that's what we have here at East Central. So I'm very proud of, of our team. Well, Principal Matters listeners, you know it, it's all about culture. And Mike has created a, a place of amazing culture. And just to give you some examples, when I walked into this building today to visit Principal Crace, I was greeted by his staff as a guest. I was offered something to drink. Uh, it was a warm, welcoming environment. It was clean. You could tell teachers, students, uh, and staff knew what their expectations were. And then halfway through the conversation that Mike and I were having uh, before lunch, a couple of his team members came in and pulled a little joke on him and said that they had a parent who needed some intervention. Could he please step in to the conference room for uh, some intervention time? And Mike didn't miss a beat. He's just stepped up and said, uh, sure, I'll go with you. And Mr. Parker, if you want to accompany me, come along and we'll, we'll go meet this parent. And when we stepped in, uh, the room had been set up for a celebration birthday for Mike Crace. Happy birthday, Mike Crace. And, uh, and it was just a wonderful example of how much his staff and team members are a part of a family uh, that's doing school together. And Mike, you spend a lot of time investing in future leaders. And that's one of the things that I admire about the growth of your school is it's not just been growth for a school. It's been growth for you personally, but it's also been growth for the, those whom you're leading. Principal Matters listeners, a lot of them are seasoned uh, principals. Some of them are aspiring and some of them are brand new, but give us a quick lesson. If I was an admin stepping into a difficult parent meeting, what are some of the strategies that you teach to administrators about best managing those really difficult conversations? Yes, that's a great question, Will. Everybody can have the great, easy conversations, but when those hard conversations arise, I think what you have to do is be willing to uh, understand this is going to happen and you have to prepare with language and you have to be predictive. And so the strategy is basically welcome and uh, listen. You listen, even if they're cussing you out, even if they're so frustrated, they do not have the ability to deliver the message in what we might say is an adult way. It's, it's just the strategy that they've used uh, and, and chosen to use that might have worked for them in middle school or elementary. It might have worked, that aggressive language. I'm not talking about physical aggression. I'm talking about the aspect of I'm going to go to the school board. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I understand. I understand. So you let them speak. And here's what, when they see that you're not engaging and their strategy is not effective, they will calm down. They will allow you to speak. And, and when you do speak, the first thing that you say, hey, I just want to be respectful. And if you would please correct me if I'm incorrect to help guide me, because uh, I do want to come have a great outcome here, is this is the first concern that you spoke about, and this is the second concern you spoke about, if they have more than one concern that they're voicing. So what that does, it validates through all of the shenanigans and everything and the language and the body language, nonverbal language that they've been giving you, through all of that, you heard what their concerns were. So when they do hear that, it validates that through all that you did hear them. So they're willing then to have that adult conversation. And then you're always moving them over 
to partnering with you for that child's best opportunity for success. Because ultimately, it's about the child's decision. If you have a fair and consistent behavior plan throughout the building and you speak to kids respectfully and you model that behavior and the teachers do not raise their voice, but they direct and they redirect and the children, again, non-emergency situation, they get to make decisions. But the objective for the teachers and what I hold them accountable for is creating that learning environment and then understanding how to maintain that learning environment so every child in every one of our classes has the best opportunity for success that day and moving forward. One of the lessons that I have learned in my conversations with you, Mike, is about the importance of choosing which area of your school needs the next amount of attention. Because as you step into any environment, there's always areas that need improvement and you can't solve them all at once. You have to take them one at a time. And there are some areas that that take greater priority than others. And so what I appreciate about your leadership has been your ability over time to identify those areas one at a time until you've created the structural environment possible for a positive school in, environment. And so I want to ask you a personal question. What are some of your favorite go-to sources for your own personal and professional growth? To answer your question specifically, I have two immediate people, uh, Stacy Vincent, and Robert Shornick, who are our high school ILDs, who are just super people. They get it. They are great leaders. That's my first line. And uh, I, uh, they treat people with so much respect, and they, they're there to help them. And they truly are those people. And Tulsa Public School is so lucky to have those two people guiding principals here in uh, our organization. But I stated earlier that I learned this myself. And uh, the one gentleman that took me under his wing, his name is Bert Simmons, and he taught me all this. He, he reinforced what my mindset was, but changed it to meet the needs of being effective. Anybody that has the opportunity to, to hear Bert speak at any of his seminars, and we've stayed in touch for the past nine years, and he, he still is just a, an unbelievable resource for me. What motivates Mike Crace uh, to stay in education leadership? Well, you know, I've done something that I would suggest that every, everyone that, that reaches the principalship should really focus on, and that is putting like-minded people around that you enjoy. You have to put great people around you, and then you have to challenge them to be great within the, the job description. And so here, I've done that, and I feel so good about the people that I see daily, uh, whether it be teachers or my administrative staff. They all have great roles here. They have great contributions. They get it. They bring their A game daily. And uh, sometimes that's hard. We all have families. We all have outside lives. And to come in and focus as well as they, they do is, is just a credit to who they are as individuals. Uh, here I'm 58 today, and uh, I still feel young. And, and uh, these young guys I've got around me uh, keep me young, and we laugh and joke, and, and I enjoy them every day. But also, sometimes I have to be Principal Crace rather than Mike. Each of our administrators has an area of report or reporting just from data. It's not about, hey, I think this is it. No, they have to show raw data. And then they have to show with a rationale. They have to make a recommendation with a rationale for the next action step. So they're owning that in front of the admin team. And everyone on the admin team gets to then probe them for questionings on the why and the how or the what 
and they have to be ready to to basically validate their recommendation. And they do that. They really do. They come prepared that way. And then after the meeting individually, I can I can tell them how awesome they are and, and how the evidence was prepared to show that they really were prepared for questions, hard questions. And the why or the, the why not, we didn't go with that. I may have a little more information than they did, but giving them that uh, and, and just letting them know how much I appreciate their effort and it will build their capacity, which is what, what it's all about anyway in regards to being a better resource for our kids and teachers here. On behalf of Principal Matters listeners, I just want to tell you thank you for the years that you have dedicated to improving your schools, to investing in other leaders and for sharing those nuggets with us, because I know Principal Matters listeners along with me, I'm feverishly taking notes. There's so much in this 30-minute conversation that you could just sit on for a long, long time in terms of how could I apply this in my own school leadership. Mike, to wrap this up, uh, how can people connect with you if they would like to contact you? And I'll put a quick plug in for a presentation you're going to do this summer uh, with high schools that work. Yes, my email for Tulsa Public Schools uh, is Crace. It's C-R-A-S-E-M-I. So it's our last name, our five and two, first letters of our first name. So it's Crace, M-I, at Tulsa Schools, schools as plural, dot org. I'm presenting in Orlando this summer in July, late July, on the week of the 26th at the High Schools at Work. Really excited about that. And it's over management of, of behavior and setting forth a, a foundation of, of a management program within an urban setting that will work in any setting, actually, and I truly believe in that. And it's a climate and cultural build that I, I truly believe in, and it's worked here. And uh, so I do, I do believe in it. And so I want to share that as it was shared with me. And the nice people at high schools that work uh, have invited me to present that, and I just couldn't be more tickled to do so. Well, Principal Matters listeners, I know that you are going to walk away from this conversation inspired uh, as I am. Thank you for the time that you've taken, Mike, to share with us. Thank you for the work that you've done for the students and families and community members and teachers at East Central High School. And Principal Matters listeners, I will post all of that contact information and the show notes for all of this conversation on my website at williamdparker.com. If you'd like to check out my other free resources, you can visit my website. If you want to stay connected with me on Twitter, my handle is at WilliamDP or Instagram. My handle there is at William underscore D underscore Parker. Or if you've got questions, feel free to shoot me an email at will at WilliamDParker.com. Until next time, thank you for the work that you're doing because what you do matters. And I'll talk to you soon.